we're back. Who, we? Yeah, us, we. Yeah. We're back. We're all, I hope everyone wasn't worried. And I think that they were sitting on edge, but if this is keeping you up at night, then uh, honestly, good for you, because it's good content. It's fantastic. We got tons to get to after match day one and a few match days twos that have already happened into group C, right? Group C, group C. Um, yeah, so we're, we've gotten through Group C today. Just happened today, right? Um, and part uh, of Group D, actually. Now that I think about it, right? Yeah. And yeah, and uh, half of Group D. So I'd say we we've kind of gotten an idea of where the what the World Cup's looking like. You know, yeah. I mean, some teams have only played one game, so it's kind of unfair to say, you know, a little bit be a little too critical of them. But we already have our first teams knocked out. Um, oh yeah, we already have our first meaningless game on the schedule too. Yeah. And we have our first teams booked in the next round because of that. Shockingly. Um, and we know where uh, some teams stand moving forward. Yeah. So, without further ado, we got Group A. So, some of the results here. You remember Russia's uh, dominant victory over Saudi Arabia 5-0 on that opening day. We have Russia's win over Egypt 3-1. So, they're through the next round already. You have Uruguay's a pair of 1-0 wins over Egypt and Saudi Arabia. They're heading to the next round, meaning that meaningless game we were just talking about is actually between Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think so. Coming into this tournament, I think uh, we predicted that uh, Uruguay would go through, uh, probably leading the group. Yeah. And then it was between Russia and Egypt uh, in the, in, for the second place spot. I don't think anybody gave Saudi Arabia much time of day with good reason. Uh, that said, Russia's now in first. Yeah, but their goal difference is definitely helping them out. Uh, this game is essentially for first place because Russia's goal difference is what? Plus uh, plus seven. Yep. Plus seven, whereas your guy is only plus two. So, you know, if your guy wins, they're, they're going to be number one no matter what. But a tie favors Russia. A tie favors Russia. Russia. Who would have thought, huh? Going first. I mean, listen, it is. it was the easiest group. Yeah, uh, wasn't ex- I mean like Egypt and Saudi Arabia weren't exactly world beaters out there. Saudi Arabia, I think we agreed, is probably the weakest team in the entire tournament. Yeah. Uh, um. So, uh, Egypt, I think some people expected more out of. They really didn't give us. I mean, they they took Uruguay to the end, but then Mo Salah really didn't get into the game against Russia. R- Russia's been scary. Yeah, it's, I mean it's weird, right? Because I mean when we did the previews. I was I was of the opinion that I didn't think much of Russia at all to the point where I thought that they were closer to the Saudi Arabia category than they were to even like the lower mid tier teams, and I I do think we're seeing here that that's you know their their FIFA ranking wasn't exactly fair all things considered. Well, it's hard for them. They didn't have a qualifying campaign. They had to play all those friendlies. And yeah, and so what we looked at was their Euro and uh, Confederations Cup uh, from last two summers. And they didn't look convincing, That's but I did awful. mention that I think that this was going to be something that was going to galvanize them and get them, get them up for it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I thought at best we were going to see two versions of Russia, one that was just going to completely fall apart in front of their home country and be very disappointing, or they were going to somehow get through it, um, but never, not really impress anyone. What we've seen is a Russia that has gone above and beyond what anyone's expected, and, I mean, no one's really been convincing so far. Except for them. Yeah, I mean, they they really have been the best team in the games that they've played, and it hasn't been all that close. So, at least the way I see it is, you have this final game coming up. This is a big this is a big opportunity for them. Even winning the, winning the group would be, I think, massive 
considering who they're going to be going up against, and more importantly, what it would sort of mean for all those fans in general, because even if they don't win a knockout stage game, if there's going to be there's no easy opponent coming out of Group B. We're going to assume it's Portugal and Spain. Some kind of combination of the two is coming out of Group B. So there's no easy game. There's no, oh, well, yeah, finishing second isn't that bad. You're going you're gonna to get a good team. I, I think winning the group for them now would be a successful tournament and I, on their part. I mean, I, especially when you consider what we thought of them coming in. I don't know about you. I think I'd rather play Portugal. That group yeah. hasn't been decided yet, so we, we're not going to say for sure until we get there. But finishing first is, I would say, almost always the better the better plan than finishing second, <laughs> even yeah. when it's guaranteed. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's that's somewhat fair. You get to be the home team. You get to choose your jersey in that game. Yeah, there's little things. You get you, yeah. get, you get the home, uh, the home uh, introduction. Yeah, and and the home locker room, which is generally nicer. So, um, <laughs> but but this is also Russia's going to be Russia's first real you know challenge. It's true. Because yeah, Ru- Egypt and Saudi Arabia weren't exactly you know challenging them that much. Egypt looked kind of scared in that game. I thought. Egypt were Egypt were way too timid until it was too late. Yeah. When I was watching the game, I remarked that I just couldn't. Why was Egypt not doing it sooner? They finally got their goal, and I said that's how they should have been playing this whole time. There's no. I I don't I don't want to make it sound like I'm like you know, dissing on Russia when they've already had such good performances. But there's no reason to fear them. You are when you are Egypt. There is no there is not a talent disparity to the point where you should be sitting back trying to you know hit them on the counterattack and you know being generally afraid of playing Russia. They have played well, but they're not that good. I don't know that they have earned that sort of I I, I guess we'll call it respect from the other teams just yet. And maybe it was a kind of a factor of us almost overestimating Egypt to a little bit. Um not really doing much outside of, you know, a good qualifying campaign. But it was their first World Cup since the 1930s, so Russia, Egypt. Oh, I was like, what? No, Egypt. <laughs> yeah. So it, um, you know, not not the worst showing. Uh, it was probably the this group was probably their chance to get out, um, which would have been amazing for them. All things considered, I think they'll be proud where they are. They've made it this far. Same thing with Saudi Arabia for the most part. Um, right. But. It's an accomplishment just to get here. I mean, that that I think that could get lost sometimes for these kinds of countries. It is an accomplishment just to be here. And they should be the proud. Finals. They get to represent their country on the biggest stage. Um, I don't think either team really embarrassed themselves too much. Nah, regard. Saudi Arabia in that first game, that was pretty embarrassing. I mean, to the point where the president of the FA had to come out and say, I'm disgusted with the performance, <sighs> which normally goes without saying when you lose 5 nothing. I, they just got their tactics wrong in that game for me. I don't know what they were thinking being the weaker team playing a possession-based style because they just lost it in the midfield, and, and Russia would just go the other way. That's how they got all their goals. It was clinical. Clinical finishing by Russia. So we'll kind of see how the group sort of goes. You know, Uruguay hasn't exactly been blowing anybody away, but they're not really built to. They're built, their design is basically to hold the game 0-0 until they can get some good opportunities. And honestly, their finishing through these first two games has been kind of appalling. You know, for a team that has Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani playing up front, you would have thought that they'd be slotting home chances after chance. But the rea- and they've created a few of them. I I was kind of worried that one of the weaknesses in that Uruguay team was going to be lack of chances. The reality is they made they may have only won their games one nothing, one of which coming with a goal from a center back in like the 86 minute. But they have created plenty of chances, and the, and the fact that their strikers haven't been taking advantage of them yet is both a cause for concern and perhaps a cause to be, you know, a little bit more optimistic because the reality is it kind of goes both ways. Will they continue to create those chances at that rate? Maybe not, but at the same time, do you really expect Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani to miss that many? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, I, so Suarez kind of had that first game where he kind of got a lot of criticism for not putting away some of his chances. But in the second one, I, I didn't really see Suarez or Cavani really being that liability. They almost turned provider a couple times. Suarez had, was denied. They kind of have to, being you know two strikers of that sort of setup. Yeah, you I mean, need one of them to just try to do it sometimes. The service also isn't exactly there for the most part for uh, Uruguay. It's a lot of those two creating on their own. Um, that said, uh, you know Suarez did get the goal on the second game against uh, Saudi Arabia, which was just kind of you know the keeper came out and faffed at the ball, Oof. and he just had to tap in. Bad tournament for goalkeeping so far. Yeah, uh, I would say the World Cup is not generally one that uh, that is. It's, it's big stage, high stakes for a lot of guys who are you know not as experienced, and the balls are new. They have different flight patterns, but um, I'm hearing and a lot again, of excuses that, from the goalkeepers union over there. I mean, okay, I'm just first of all, these are reasons why we see it so much more often on this stage. And again, that Saudi Arabia goalkeeper was the backup. He got brought on for this game. Uh, I mean. And I, I do think that you look at most things. I mean, we look at the passy balls, the bazooka, the javelani. They're strange compared to what what players are used to. You know, they have different flight patterns, different shapes. I don't disagree. I'm just I'm having fun with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'll defend the goalie. He made a massive mistake there, and I'm not sure Uruguay has what it takes to be convincing and getting another goal later. You don't know if they'll get it, but they got uh, it. They did. So, the we Russia move Uruguay on then. Group, Group B. So we started off with, uh, so far, probably the game of the tournament. Portugal, Spain, 3-3. And then Iran beating Morocco, 1-0. So, and then, now we have a second set of games. Spain beat Iran, 1-0. Portugal beating Morocco, 1-0. A lot of 1-0s in this tournament so far. A lot of yeah. scrappy wins. Um, everyone's kind of concerned about the big teams not being convincing. But I think we've talked about the international the international setup. No one really... It's... it's more unlikely that a team just completely dominates and gets, you know, like you'd expect Spain just on their talent to be able to take Iran like three, four, nothing. Yeah. But, but that's not what happened. I mean, Iran gave them a good fight. And honestly, Iran at one point looked to have equalized the game before the replay showed that the off the goal was given, uh, the goal was not given because he was offside on the play. Kind of heartbreaking because they went through the whole celebration and everything. You could see how much it meant to them. And then to kind of take it away. It's, it's a painful thing to do. But speaking of painful things, we were talking about goalkeepers. And I will get back to David De Gea's horrific mistake against Portugal where Ronaldo scores a hat-trick in part because of the just absolutely shocking play by De Gea. After much consideration, because of that game, because of what's happened since, I, I think I'm ready to make a decision. I've been pondering for a while... Am I going to stay Team Messi or will I move to Team Ronaldo? Because I have always sort of leaned Messi. I don't I don't know that I ever necessarily was, you know, 100% Team Messi or 100% Team Ronaldo at any point in my life. But now after these performances by these players, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say that I that I that like if someone asks me who's better, I usually just say it's one A and one B for me. You know, I'm not I'm not really I'm not in a position to pick. I think I'm ready. I'm in a position to pick now for the first time. And you're gonna, you're gonna hold us in suspense. Gonna keep going, or we're gonna hear it. You're gonna be held in suspense until we're done with this uh, group. Fair enough. The uh, Antoine Griezmann route of announcing that things. is the decision 
uh, Eric Alcantara. Yep. Uh, American Soccer Show decision. The, uh, I don't want to be bogged down by this one. I'm going to keep Hashtag. your name on it. Uh, <laughs> so as it stands, Spain and Portugal both have four points. Iran three, Morocco zero. So Morocco's out. Um, and after having Poor Morocco having two games where they were arguably the better team. Yep. But we talk about it. We'll talk, say it again and again. It's the tournament setup. Goals are scored off of set pieces, you know, own goals, scrap, long shots, scrappy things. It's not always about being, you know, the better team. And I think Morocco kind of learned that and that you've got to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, if they were playing a long game throughout the course of a season, 38 games, you know, you'd have reason to think, okay, this will turn around. You know, we'll mm-hmm. regress to the mean. The reality is they've lost two games 1-0 and are out of the tournament. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to defend well. You gotta, and that take goes for all ninety minutes. You gotta, you know, not concede an own goal, as what happened there. Oh I know it was man, that unlucky. was heartbreaking. They, they defend so well the whole game. They control the game, and they he goes and does that. Scores a great header. It's yeah. an absolutely a phenomenal. Header. But I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I don't know how tired he is because he was a substitute. So it's not like he was out there for ninety minutes. It's true. Um, but as it does stand, Iran are in a place where they can qualify. Shocking. They've only ever won two games at the World Cup. That win against Morocco being their second. And um, I think their first, the other one was against the U.S. Is that yep, right? Back in 98. So Iran needs a win because a tie, they're behind on goal difference. Spain and Portugal both have plus one. Iran have zero. Iran takes on Portugal next. Yep. And a win will see them through. Um, a draw... Now, a draw would not necessarily not put them through. Because if Morocco steps up against Spain and wins by more than one, a draw would put Iran through. But I don't think we're going to see them playing to a draw. Man. Well, I mean, let's not be real. They might play to a draw. That could be something. They're going to defend like they've been doing and try to hit on the counter. But we'll see how much intensity they're able to bring now because that game is completely meaningless for Morocco other than some pride trying to get a point at the World Cup. And, I mean, the World Cup is a lot about pride. I don't think we're going to see them turn over and... Fall over, fall down, but I they're going against Spain. They're not going to control that game. Yeah, Spain's exactly. going to kill the pace. They're going to slow it down. They're going to pass them to death. Morocco's going to find it hard to keep possession on the Spain press. Well, we saw what happened to Iran, right? Iran tried to do the same thing, play defensively, just wait for their moment, and they barely nearly got it. But that game was completely controlled by Spain. Spain was not about to you know go in guns blazing. They're going to play their style if it means. You know, passing a team to death, like you said, they were going to do it. And they did win on kind of a, a fluky goal. Um, I mean, okay, I'm, I'll take that back. Not fluky, but it's it's very much in tune with what happens in international competitions. You just need a break sometimes. The ball's cleared off of Diego Costa's shin by an Iran defender, and it just goes into the net. And, you know, you get in the box, you get opportunities. Sometimes they go in, and you get in, and you need things like that to go your way to make to make runs. And the way you get those things to go your way is by getting opportunities, by getting set Being pieces. in that position. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it looks to me at this state, now I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but I think Spain and Portugal go through. Yeah, I think so too. I don't see I, I just don't see Iran getting that result that they need. As good as they've – honestly, I have to give them some credit. They have looked pretty good in terms of keeping themselves disciplined, taking advantage of attacks in the final third. They're always creating those opportunities. Yeah. You can't say that they've been completely outclassed in either game that they've played so far. Morocco may have been the better team against them, but they never allowed it to become an issue with themselves. They they stayed true to their game plan. And the same goes for Spain. Yeah, of course Spain was going to play better than Iran. But you wouldn't know it from the way they were playing in the 70th, 80th minute when they were still searching for that equalizing goal. They truly believed they could do it. And Spain did control the game. I think that they 
maybe underestimated them, thought they could just keep the ball, keep the ball, break them down easily. It wasn't um, happening. There was no space yeah. to play into. And uh, I don't know, against Portugal, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of an easier task. Maybe it's harder to counter against a Portugal team because they don't really want to possess the ball. Exactly. Uh, and they, well, Portugal also has that man, Ronaldo, but there and which you know Spain has a lot of talented players but sometimes it's just you need that guy right because Spain's that guy the reality is there really isn't that guy we saw Iniesta make a pretty good run on the goal that came from Diego Costa and and I think when we were watching it about a minute before that happened I said I think Iniesta's got to come off soon yes he did Emmett did say that I and okay let's let's be real <laughs> he ha- he does generally come off in the 60th minute 55 55th minute because he's, he's getting up there losing his legs but it was a great run it that, was that a goal fantas- was- it was a nice nice one last uh <laughs> moment for Iniesta and look Emmett. He's, he's he heard him one more you. against me when was the last time that I, I I'm f- sure first of all I wasn't criticizing I was just saying he's gonna come off soon he, he doesn't did. have the legs, he and he did. did come off almost like directly after. But that was that goal was all him. That was a vintage he, Iniesta. He's moment. showing he still has that quality, albeit against a weaker Iranian team. But I do think that's a way that you break down a defense is you got to get to that midfield like that. So one more thing about this group before we move on to the decision. If anyone's wondering where where the tiebreaker is for Spain and Portugal, because if you look at the stats, they both score the same amount of goals. They both allowed the same amount of goals. That obviously makes their goal difference the same. They have the same amount of points. Let's say in the next game, uh, Portugal beats Iran 1-0 and Spain beats Morocco 1-0, right? Yes. Right now, Spain is ahead of Portugal simply because their fair play count is lower, higher? I don't Better? Uh, better. Better. That's a better word. <laughs> better. Yeah. Their fair play count is better. Fair play is basically the amount of yellow cards and red cards you've received. They like total up, up they make up points totals for them and it basically decides your you know, fair play number. Spain's is currently better than Portugal's by like one yellow card, I think. So there is a very real possibility that what you just said happens and then the yellow cards and the red cards they even out. And we could be talking about a situation where the group is not decided by points, it's not decided by goal difference, it's not score, it's not decided by goals at all. It's not even decided by disciplinary action. It would be decided, and I'm not making this up. You can check for yourself. A drawing of lots. Flip a coin. Flipping literally a coin. Now, I have seen other proposals for how to fix this, right? Because that's absurd. Flipping a coin to see who goes through. Well, to be fair, to be fair, in this situation, it would not, it would not affect either teams going through. It would just say who's going first and who's going second. But that is also the difference between playing Russia and Uruguay. So just keep that in mind. The thing is that somebody proposed this, and I, I'm sure it's been proposed many times before that the two teams should just play penalties, right? And go to penalties straight up and just meet on a lot somewhere i mean some parking lot it's not the worst idea in the world but when would you do it right it's a terrible idea i kind of i mean well it's better than that like seriously they're all all terrible ideas a drawing of the lots come on well here's something i want to bring up that's bad i don't want to go too in depth with it but the fact that in uh the 2026 world cup we're playing with three teams in a group i think we're gonna see this a lot more because the teams are only playing two games so as it stands it would go to yellow cards if you don't, if it only be after two games, I don't want to get too in depth with that because I, I could. I think that's a whole different discussion in and of itself. We'll get. Hey, we'll still be around in eight years. No, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll but talk po- about it then. But as it stands, it's never gotten to that yet. But there's a real possibility. I don't think it will this time. But the fact that it could 
is a little mind-boggling. Yeah, it is crazy when you think about it. Like you've teams have worked four years. In in many cases, qualification cycles are longer than that when you really consider what teams have to do to get here, right? This is entire generation of work essentially in some teams' cases. And you're telling me it's going to come down to a drawing of the lots, man? I tell you, I I'd be pretty incensed. Yeah, I there there has to be a better way. But I mean, the only thing I can think of is. The, the more games you have, the more things seem to separate and even out. But, I mean, I think we talked about in the future World Cups, maybe bigger groups. I think as it stands, it's so unlikely that a team goes through on a flip of a coin considering it hasn't happened yet. But I would be, honestly, I think it's equally ridiculous. Maybe not equally, but it's, it's still absurd that, the you know, the, who goes first or second here could be decided by who has fewer yellow or red cards yeah no kidding so that's sort of where we see in case you're wondering according to this it takes a full day to drive between Kaliningrad arena and mordovia arena which is where those last two games are taking place in this group meet halfway 12 hours each for each team that's in belarus i'm pretty sure so i don't (laughs) i i don't know look i like the penalties idea if only because it seems like the one time it might actually be somewhat reasonable to go to penalty kicks because I mean you can't play another game, right? You can't. There's there's no time to play another game. I, I I I prefer these things to be decided on the field. Even if I don't really like penalty kicks, this is the kind of thing I would like to decide on the field. But uh, like I said, it might not come down to this. We we might be wasting a little too much time on something that can very easily not happen. You know, all it takes is basically one red card, and it'd be very difficult to even them back up. So, in that sense, I'm not too worried about it. But you know, I like chaos too. So I'm kind of secretly rooting for that situation to come up the fair play like it's, it's like, not chaos it's like nonsense 45 minutes into the nonsense. game like after halftime i need like a ticker how many yellow cards and red cards each team has like as the games are being played simultaneously commentators hyping up the fact that <laughs> that oh my goodness that yellow card could be the difference between that's crazy to think that the yellow cards are that important that is amazing but okay are you ready group c or no, oh, oh wait decision oh, time. you have to do we have to hear your about your decision? Yes, I've. I think I've put it off long enough. I think the people have been waiting long enough to know. You know, I as, mean, LeBron did it. Griezmann did it. You Gre- got to keep I don't him think in suspense, I'm a regular. Right? I'm a regular Griezmann now, aren't I? Oh, Griezmann. So, what I was saying before was that I, for a long time, for me, it was just it's one A and one B. I don't favor one over the other necessarily. I think they both have things that are just amazing about them. They're both two of the greatest players to ever kick a ball, and I left it at that. Usually, it's an answer, really. But after having seen Ronaldo's performances, and we will talk about Messi's here in this next in the in Group D when we get there. But after seeing those performances, and seeing how Ronaldo at this stage of his career has performed in the Champions League, three straight years Real Madrid have been to the final, and Ronaldo has been very much a big part of all three at some point, right? You know, he's had his struggles all in all three of those seasons where people were starting to talk about is he finally declining. But he has also had runs where he has been absolutely unstoppable. And for me, after seeing his hat trick against Spain, I think I think it's time for me to just kind of say that I, I think I'm Team Ronaldo. You're 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 a load of nonsense. That's what you are. <laughs> load of nonsense. How can you say? I just I I don't know how I could say anything else now. The, I, put it like this: If Portugal wins this World Cup, and I'm not convinced that that's going to happen, but they're in pretty good shape. To give it a run, at least. I mean, what argument would there be against Ronaldo not not only being better than Messi, straight up being the best ever, if they win that World Cup? I'm serious. 
That's reasonable. I mean, but that, then he has to win the World Cup. That's a long way down the road. We'll, well talk about it when we get there. That is a long way around. Okay, down so the he road. won Euros. Yeah. But to be fair, he wasn't in that final game. He wasn't. For but most, he, got, of it. he dragged he, them there too. So, uh, listen, I don't want to take anything against them. I, I, I'm with you. It's like, yeah, just sit, sit back and enjoy. These are two of the best players in the world. Right. That's where I've always tried. Right. I've always, I've always just said it. You know, we can compare them later. You know, well, why does everything Messi does have to come back to Ronaldo? Why does everything that Ronaldo does have to come back to Messi? But that's the way it is, right? Like, and you know Messi saw it. And you know Messi was thinking about it. His country and his pride and all that come before it. But you know for a fact he saw Ronaldo score a hat-trick and thought, oh, man. Now I have to follow that, too. It's just more as if the man could use any more pressure. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. I don't... So Ronaldo did get another goal against Morocco, unmarked on a corner kick. Uh, and headed it in. I wouldn't he, say he was unmarked. There were people around him. Yeah, there's everyone. There's always people in the box on a corner <laughs> kick. But it was the same thing with Suarez scoring against uh, Saudi Arabia. He was like, you know, he was able just to put it in. And listen, you still have to be able to do that. You still have to score. You still have to get in those positions. Um, Ronaldo does have on Messi, you know, that size advantage. But I'm surprised how, you know, he's able to get in these positions. The thing I think Ronaldo does have a little bit more is a the, the little bit of a mental toughness at this point. I was just going to talk about the penalty because is that where you're going with this? No, but I mean, oh. Ronaldo, I mean, you could that could be part of it, sure. But, you know, he steps up, he buries a free kick, he, buries, he does score the penalty. Messi, you know, hits a rather poor penalty. Oh. But Ronaldo goes through basically... He smashes the thing. And, and listen, we talk about like, oh, they're international teams with that, who don't give them any support. Argentina's national team is probably considered... Much stronger to Portugal's. It's not. Take it, out Messi and Ronaldo. On paper, absolutely, it's not even close because I mean, you look at the names, right, on Argentina, and then you look at the names on Portugal, and you're like, Portugal's still running out Quaresma out there. I don't think he got time last time, but I get what you mean. Like Quaresma is still like, I'm not going to talk about him like he's this big component of the team, but let's be real here. It's just it's not even close in terms of name value, in terms of you know what you would think about those teams and those players when you see them on the list. It's just it's remarkable to me, and you know you talked about the mental toughness thing. It comes back. It, I think it really was sealed to me when the next day after Ronaldo goes, scores the hat trick, Messi has a chance to you know, go to the spot and put Argentina back in front, and he takes an awful penalty that's saved, and I, I think that sold it for me more than anything else because I thought you know what in that moment when your team needs you the most, I, I you know say what you will about the fact that the penalty had to be drawn or that Messi has to do everything in that moment. It really is just messy against the goalkeeper. Nothing else matters, and he just he comes up short. And I think it. I think that for me does it. I think that when a player is able to go into that situation, Ronaldo clearly has nerves of steel. Now he has gotten hardened to the point where almost nothing phases him. The the penalty, he gets this second goal from an absolute howler from De Gea. But then he scores that free kick at the end of the game with literally everything. He has already done so much in this game to the point where after the game, if they had lost 3-2, we'd be talking about, man, poor Ronaldo, right? He goes out there and he drags the team to a 2-2 draw, and then they just give up the lead again. Or they give up the draw again. And he goes out and he scores that banger of a free kick at a time where the stakes could literally not have been higher. I I think that that speaks for itself. I'm going to stick my guns. Enjoy what you do about them. You can you can have your Ronaldo's better. I think Messi is technically a better player. <laughs> oh. Ronaldo maybe is a better winner. 
you 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 can go on this on the whole bandwagon thing, but I'm gonna stick with enjoy them for what they are, what they do, um, and we'll get to Messi later. All right. Well, now that we've officially done our first Messi versus Ronaldo segment, uh, that's never gonna happen again. Thank I think God. That, I I hate those. I think it's I think it's safe to say that that, that that's enough because I do agree with you that regardless of who you think is better, if you think anyone's better, it's enjoy enjoy them for what they are. They you will never honestly. These players don't come around. They're they're less than once in a generation. They are remarkable talents. That when they leave the game, finally, they're gonna leave a massive hole because it's gonna take a long time for someone to get to that level that they're on. Yeah, and I mean, for every accomplishment that one of them has, another one has one that's equally impressive. So, um, not a European Championship. No. Okay. No but, Copa Americas for Messi. That's that's fine. But I mean, so international is like it's a different beast. It's it, it's different. Messi wins the league. Messi wins Copa del Rey. Ronaldo gets the Champions League. They're all difficult, okay? In their own way. <laughs> yeah, life. yeah. All right, all right. I can see you've, uh, I can see that you've checked out on this subject. I, yeah, it's 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 gone on a little bit. This whole decision nonsense. How dare you? It's it's a nonsense when when LeBron did it. It was nonsense when Griezmann did it. It's nonsense when you do it. <laughs> group C, move on. <laughs> We're still on Group B at that point. <laughs> All right, all right. So we have the results. France uh, 2, Australia 1, Denmark 1, Peru no. Uh, and then Denmark 1-1 one, one draw with Australia today. And then France beating Peru 1-0 today. We have a group now where France has established their dominance as I predicted, not as you predicted. You trying to pick France to finish second. Bold take by you. I'll give you that. It was yeah. very bold, but it didn't work out. Other teams have gone that route, so... I got the I got that one wrong, but I did get that. I think we do know that there are big teams that it, were going to do it, that. It could still work out. I will. I, I guess I shouldn't say it didn't work out quite yet because you know. It's, so you got France at six, you got Denmark at four, you have Australia at one, and Peru at zero. What it basically means is that France and Denmark game is now, for for Denmark, it's more important for them. I don't. There's France is already through, so France is more so concerned about just trying to win the group now, whereas Denmark. A loss to France puts them in a position where Australia beating Peru could very well see them out of the tournament. And now, can you imagine Denmark getting knocked out of the tournament by Australia, a team we, at least I, didn't think absolutely anything of coming in? I mean, we acknowledge they had a couple pieces. But listen, they scored two goals on two penalties by Mile Yedinak, hey. neither of which were very convincing. If the goal guess is right, they're saves. But he puts them in. Um, it is kind of crazy to think. I did have Peru being the surprise dark horse, the one that was going to finish first. I had him as a finishing second, and yeah, that has not gone well. Unhinge everyone. And listen, they were great against Denmark, but not... They were Okay, let me bring that back. They were good against Denmark, but they weren't great because they didn't win. Well, here's the thing. I will give you this. They, I think they were actually great in two-thirds of the field. They were abysmal in the final third. And what that leads to you is... and I. Er, I, I didn't think I'd be saying it for Peru, but I'd said it for a lot of other teams when we were talking about them leading up to the World Cup. If you can't score goals, you can't get anywhere in this tournament. It doesn't matter that because eventually if you don't score, the other team's going to. There is way too much talent in this group offensively for them to not have to not be able to score goals. I thought this might be the problem for Denmark, honestly. More I, Peru had shown consistency to be able to score goals even out of nothing during qualifying. So for them to kind of come in here and not score was 
at least a surprise to me. And, you know, we both talked about, you know, sexy dark horse picks. This is kind of the reality of those picks sometimes is that if a team doesn't find themselves, you see the horrible flaws. And then afterwards you're left wondering, why did I even pick these guys? I, I see what you're because saying. Because this, this is the, because this is the, uh, like, this is the bad side of Peru, right? If we'd seen the good side, we'd be sitting here saying, oh, we're such geniuses. Well, this is the, this is the flip side. This is what also can happen. And uh, so we, we haven't talked about this, but I think for a lot of, a lot of these groups, there's one game that kind of, you know, on the surface is the most important one. I think France being the favorite, we kind of, uh, you know, the, the games against them are important, but when it comes down to who else is going to go through with France, it was the Denmark-Peru game. Right. And they couldn't finish. They had plenty of opportunities. Listen, Cueva's penalty was horrendous. It was awful. Something was up with that. Completely he absolutely skied it. it. But he scores that, and Peru's in the lead. Goals change games. The best cliche in all of soccer. And, like, I honestly think that if they can... When, when sometimes that happens, when you miss the penalty, it kind of gets at the team. They, You know, they, they get weak mentally. They think they can't score anyway if they can't score on a penalty. Peru had their chances. They didn't get any. And that is the state of it. You're right. Like, we, we look at it. We say, oh, they were the dark horse. I don't think they played particularly bad. Um, and I, they had they have reason to hold their heads high. They didn't go in and, you know, play a defensive style. They didn't just try to, you know, get narrow one nothing victories. They went out and attacked. They made it exciting. I thought the most exciting game of the tournament was Denmark-Peru. Oh, that game was end to end, chances on either side. The Peru fans were it absolutely three three. Yeah, I mean they just weren't the goals. The the Peru fans were absolutely phenomenal out there, making a lot of noise. They have been great. They're, I think the uh, I was gonna say best fan base, but I don't know if I want to go that far just yet. But they've been fantastic. They travel in big numbers. Yeah, they had a bunch of them at the friendly in Sweden or Switzerland. So yeah, I got to give them credit. I think you also have to give credit to Denmark for playing as kind of withstanding a lot of it because they went into the game knowing just how important it really was for them. And that's the thing is we, we're going to mention it again in these tournament settings. You got to defend, you got to keep clean sheets. Um, I, I do almost kind of put it more down to Peru missing though. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with you hundred percent because I do. I think you were right to say that they've been great, but they've only been great in two thirds of the game. And you got to score and you got to keep the ball out of the net. Those are in the end, the only two things that matter in all of soccer, the difference is things even out over the course of a season. They don't even out in the course of three games. No. Whereas now Peru's going, Peru for sure is going home. They're out. And they're out. And, and they, they played some of the most attacking, interesting soccer yet. So, and if you've ever wondered why teams try to play a little more conservatively, this is why. There's just, the, the incentive for attacking is lower than the incentive for playing solid defense. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too high risk. So there's that. Uh, Denmark-Australia tying... Uh, it was the early game, so I haven't seen much other than the highlights. But it's kind of a surprise for them. Australia keeping themselves in it because you know we we talked about it already. But Denmark w- will want to get a point out of that game with France because you don't want to leave it up to Australia or Peru. You, we talked about pride and all that. The reality is this game is now meaningless for Peru, other than not wanting to finish last. But I, I, that's always part of it. You're in the World Cup. It's not you know the end, the 38th game of the Premier League where you're secured, you're not relegated, you're not going to get a European spot, and let's throw some young guys out. Let's, you know, have a sign, uh, you know. Let's a have a barbecue. Off. Let's not have a sign, let's have a sign-off game for, you know, old talisman who's retiring. It's not like that. You're still going out and trying your best because you still are at the World Cup. You still are at the biggest stage, and you, you want to play for pride, 
and for your country. That's that's in the end what it's about. You're playing. Plus, for your who country. wants to finish last? Yeah. So listen, you only get three games. What are you going to play two games and just kind of give up on the last one? No, they, they they're going to go out and they're going to play. Um, but once again, it might leave them susceptible on the other side. And Australia again, Australia with now with everything to play for because they need to win to keep their tournament alive. And again, if you had given this scenario to Australia, they probably would have taken it at the beginning because only it's funny because if they would have played that game against France, let's say at the 2010 world cup, and let's just say everything goes exactly the way it did in that one, Australia wins one, nothing because the goal line technology gives the own goal, which I still think is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure Paul Pogba hit that last, but neither here nor there, right? That goal doesn't get, doesn't get called because of goal line technology wasn't around then. Then there's no VAR to bring back the Griezmann, the, the penalty where the foul was committed on Griezmann. He does so that penalty doesn't get called. It's pretty crazy, right? It could be a one nothing. It could. I'm just saying. I know I'm obviously talking about a world where everything works out exactly the same, except for that one play, which of course is yeah. much easier said than done. But you see my point. And Australia is, you know, I think we can say they haven't been terrible. Yeah, good for them. Honestly, better defensively than I thought they would be. Uh, it's still about as toothless as I expected. You mentioned that they've basically scored off two penalties, so. Two handballs in the box. Two penalties. Um, that handball by MTD. <laughs> now you're yeah, I, I, me. I know you how much you just triggered me. One. Oh my goodness. What is he doing? I am going to go ahead. I'm going to put in my, my ballots for this one as well. I think France is going to top the group and Denmark's going to finish second. That's probably a very fair assessment. So let's, uh, let's move on then. Group D. Argentina and Iceland played to that 1-1 draw. The big, uh, the big result for Iceland. And then Croatia... Kind of leveled Nigeria 2-0. And now, of course, just now, the final game of today, Croatia beat down Argentina 3-0. There was an awful mistake by Willy Caballero when the game was still in the balance. I was going to tell you to give a prepared statement for David De Gea as as his, you know, union rep. But, but he, I think and I think Willie Caballero absolutely needs it more right now than David De Gea could ever. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take one out of uh, out of the page out of Donald Trump's book, and I'm gonna deflect, deflect and take the blame away and put the attention on someone else. Enzo Perez, early in the game, earlier in the game, has a wide open net. Subasic is at a net. The ball comes out to him. All he has to do is put it on target, and he misses. He scores that. Willie's not in a situation. And listen, Willie makes a mistake, right? An awful mistake. A bad, bad, bad man, bad mistake. Don't know. I know what he's doing. He's it's, get. He's it's, gotten way too cute with it. It's a little silly. And it, let's be honest. It could be costing his country the world a chance to be on the World Cup. But I, I am going to say he's going to get the. He listen. He's going to get a lot of flack for this with good reason. He loses the ball in a position where you cannot lose it. I saw what he was doing. He was just trying to dink it over the, the forward. It's it's, it's a play goal. It's an awful he's, decision. Listen, I've done it before. It's an easier pass than you, <laughs> than you realize. He just takes his eye off of it. Emmett for Argentina goalkeeper? I don't know if I have the uh, the Espanol I, I believe they I believe they said the next game is Tuesday. Uh, get right. you out there. Listen, what, when people start saying that they'd rather have me out there, you know the goalie. Had a shocking performance. I'm just, I, I, I got to be honest. It was so bad that my first thing is always to sub everyone off, right? My, yeah, you were telling me you want to sub them off immediately. I, it obviously wouldn't have made any sense because they needed the subs to try to go attacking and try to get the game back, which never happened. 
but man, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know how you react to that. I, he's done. He can't possibly start the next game either. Because they do, they're they're still in it. They're still in it. So, I, but I just I, he can't start. No, there's just no way you can't. The country, I can't imagine the country of Argentina is going to let him live this down. Sampaoli is just going to have to bench him and just kind of put him off in the corner somewhere and hope that he'll he'll be able to be okay in a couple days. So let's just. I feel bad for Caballero. He's one of my one of my guys, being being from Chelsea and all. But I mean. I, I, I do blame Argentina's staff for leaving Marchesina at home, you know, the Club America goalkeeper, who I think is still their best goalkeeper, even if you include Sergio Romero. That's just me. I know he's young, but I, I, I think he's better than all of them. And for him not even to be there, shocking. Their lineup decisions, their roster decisions have been questionable for quite some time. We were talking about why on earth is did it take two, a game and a half to get Dybala out there with a chance to create something. I, you know, I've heard all this nonsense about how, oh, Dybala and Messi play the same position. They can't be on the field at the same time. It's nonsense. The, the best teams in history have had players that play similarly or play in a similar position, and they have figured it out. Okay? The, it cannot be this difficult. Well, so here's the problem is it's not just him and Messi. It's him and Higuain and him and uh, Aguero. Higuain the, the, is... the, the fact of the matter is there are four, these are four strikers that you have. And you, you can't play them all at strikers, so you move them around. So you move Messi as kind of a second forward. Right. Dybala did come on as a right winger, which I thought he was okay at. Nothing special. But Argentina only had a couple opportunities. So they had the one from Perez, which, listen, it's if when you're not getting a lot of opportunities like Argentina is because the teams, I think, between Iceland and uh, Croatia had their tactics right, you got to put that away. That's your one chance, and it's, to be fair, it's a pretty easy chance. Yeah, it's a. I would give you that. I the, I think Perez will be somewhat fortunate to not have that on replay all day. Higuain, if that was Higuain, oh man, no one would let him live it if down. If Higuain had done that, though, oh my goodness, I don't know how he could ever live it down, though. To be fair, uh, I mean, he's he's had a bunch of other things he can't live down. True, and much bigger games. But again, it comes down to this for me. I, you could play Dybala and Messi underneath Aguero or Iguain or Icardi had they been called in, but whatever, it's fine. I think you could play them underneath him and figure it out. Just, you know, if one of them is occupying the space, I, look, Messi's one of the greatest players of all time. Let's not try to act like Messi can only play in one position in the field. That, to me, it's absurd that you that they have not... And again, this wasn't exactly like this isn't a new problem, right? This didn't just Paulo Dybala didn't just start existing two weeks ago. Dybala has been in the pool for quite some time now. Are you honestly telling me that for the national team they have not figured this? Empoli has had plenty of time to give different things a chance, and they never they don't have an identity. Well, I mean, we saw they almost didn't qualify. Exactly, it took they, Messi kind of going in beast mode in the last game to to put them through. It's. So they have tried things. They ha- they have Cardi has been in a couple games. Uh, I don't think he's a better forward than Aguero or Higuain currently. I do. Uh, next World Cup, you you better believe that if he's not out there, I'm going to be incensed because <laughs> Ag- Aguero and Higuain will be older. Uh, they probably won't have the legs as much. Let's and, not be. Let's not go making any assumptions. Messi's going to leave this national team after this. I have to imagine. I don't but, know how much more he's got in him. Let's, <laughs> let's not act like it's a guaranteed thing that they're going to make the next World Cup. Everyone says this is Messi's last World Cup. He could. He'll, 
It would be his choice if this is the last world. Yeah, game. I, 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 that's why he could I, still play at the top level in four. That, years. That's actually what I was trying to get at was that I think he'll just leave. I, I, yeah. I don't see him coming back after this. It's too much pressure for him. He, he doesn't get any respect. He doesn't get any help. Get the man some help. I've been saying it about LeBron for years. Get, can we get some Messi some help, please? Um, it's it's Come tough on. for me at this point, but I think that Argentina still are going to go through. I I'm having trouble seeing it now. I think they will finally beat Nigeria, but it's a long road ahead for them. Now, to be fair, this the situation is not quite as dire, I guess, as maybe it might seem at first. Croatia have six points, so the group's over. They're not winning the group. But Croatia's won the group already. Yes, Croatia's won the group. So Argentina, or not necessarily, at one point. but they're 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 going through. Croatia is winning the group. I don't I don't see how they could. Possibly Iceland win could pull out a win and then beat Croatia and they'd finish first. That that two wins insane. from Iceland That'd is what would insane. Take. But okay. So, you know, Croatia's got six. Argentina and Iceland both have one. Nigeria has nothing. Iceland and Nigeria are still to come tomorrow. We have a situation where Argentina will... Now, I heard them after the game say, oh, they're hoping for a Nigeria win. I'm not sure I'm looking for that. Because if Nigeria win, then Nigeria go into the last match day with a very good chance themselves to get through the next round. They just need a tie at that you point. You were not... Yeah, exactly. You don't want Nigeria with that kind of glimmer of hope. In my book, you want, the, you want a tie. I think if you can get a draw... It's what you would. It's probably best case scenario for Argentina now. Iceland win and things get very, very tricky. The problem is, if it's a tie, Iceland, the game does in some ways get out of Argentina's hand because then if Iceland does beat Croatia, then Argentina's out because they have five. Argentina can only get four, which is why I get your, they're saying why they want Nigeria to win because if Nigeria wins, it's all in Argentina's hands. If they win. And they have enough goal difference, they could take. Then they pass Iceland, if I, you know, um, because then Iceland would need to beat Croatia. So I can see why they'd say that. But the only scenario thing that doesn't work is an Iceland win. Then they're in trouble. If Iceland wins against Nigeria tomorrow, I actually do think it's over. Because I will tell you something else. There's one other thing that Croatia is good at, and Croatia is going to know. I'd rather have Iceland in the round of 16 if I'm... I know it's... I don't it's, think they're it's unlike, about I, that. I legitimately think that they would go into that game. It's going to be... Look, it's, it's, it's going to be a very defensive, very, you know, tactical, slow game, right? Croatia's not going to go guns blazing against Iceland. That's just not their style, right? And obviously, Iceland's not going to come out and try to hit them either. What you're going to be left with is a very slow game that's going to lend itself to maybe the tournament's first nil-nil draw. Uh... I, I see where you're going with that. I do think Croatia's with that midfield are going to be able to control the pace of the game. We're going to see Iceland once again kind of trying to sit back, absorb some pressure. Um, so A lot of if ands are buts, though. So yeah. let's just, I mean, it's as simple as we have to wait and see what happens. It's, it's do or die time for in Iceland now with every, a lot of countries. Right all the now. motivation in the world to win that game tomorrow, too. Yeah, and it's it's a winnable game for them. Because I can see Nigeria overcommitting. Getting two numbers forward, that back line is not at all convincing. I mean, look what they did to Messi in Argentina, guys. It's they can do it to anybody. I think it's safe to say that the Iceland, you know, we I, I was a little worried that maybe the Iceland style wasn't gonna work at the World Cup. It it, it clearly is now country proof. It does not matter who they play against, they can do it to anybody. And it's I mean, that's how all these tournaments work. It doesn't matter if you're in Euros or the I do think the Copa America is slightly different. Um if in Euros or in the World Cup. We'll see. Now that they've added Qatar, mighty Qatar to the Copa America. Woohoo. Yikes. I'm not happy about that. 
Speaking of things that people are not happy about, Group E. Well, Serbia's probably really happy. They won one nothing against Costa Rica, but Brazilian fans have got to be incensed after what they watched. The first 20 minutes, Brazil and Switzerland, they tie 1-1 in the end. But Brazil's first 20 minutes or so, up until the uh, Coutinho goal, was pretty good. They, that was exactly the Brazil I expected, right? Very, you know, the elegant style, the great passes. It's a phenomenal goal. It's at, the, in the, at, the, at the end of the day, it's really just kind of a solo effort by Coutinho. But everything after that was just brutal. And so what we're left with now is a situation where I, I think Brazil's going through, but it's a little more unnerving than I think they would like because they're going to go up against Costa Rica in this next game. Serbia and Switzerland are going to play each other. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that last game against Serbia for Brazil is do or die. And I we, we both like Serbia, so I can tell you that, at least for me, I'd be a little worried if I were Brazil about going into that last match day having to worry about your result against Serbia, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, uh, that's definitely a possibility. Now, we mentioned we don't think Costa Rica is going to be the darlings this time. I think, yeah. again, we're going to... We might see that. It took a great free kick from Kolarov. Exactly. To, so co- to do it. Costa Rica is going to be playing for their lives. You know, they're still not out of this. So yeah. for them, it's about not conceding against Brazil as long as possible and hitting them on the counterattack. And Brazil's arguably in a very similar position to what, you know, Argentina was going in today. Um, and Switzerland's not a, not a bad team. I think they're ranked sixth by FIFA. Um, I had them going through with Brazil. Um for that to happen, I think it would basically have to be a situation where Costa Rica is the punching bag and Brazil and Switzerland both get results against Serbia, which isn't going to be easy because Sergi Milinkovic-Savic was very good at number 10. I think when he's going up against teams like Brazil and Switzerland that aren't going to sit back and defend, he's going to get more space right. and be more dangerous. Uh, that said, the, the Serbian fullbacks kind of being bigger names with Ivanovic and um, Kolarov are also older. A little bit slower. Uh, I, I wonder if these Switzerland and Brazil wingers are going to be able to get at them. I mean, you know, Shakiri, Neymar, Zuber. I mean, I'm not a big William fan, but William. <laughs> those are guys who could run circles around Ivanovic and, uh, and Kolarov. So I am a little worried for Serbia in that regard. They do have the size for them, set pieces. Listen, if, if, if Neymar got hacked against from Switzerland, Serbia is going to give him the business. As well, <laughs> give him the business. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no. And you know, I saw tweets about people talk complaining about, oh my goodness, how could they do that to Neymar? Or see, this is why I don't like soccer. Like, you got a guy flopping around. First of all, he got kicked a lot. All right. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, they said, oh, favoritism. People saying favoritism, so the completely opposite, basically saying, oh my goodness, really? If you are telling me, if you are trying to tell me that there was favoritism towards Neymar in that game, then you clearly are telling me you didn't watch. I hate. Neymar's penchant for constantly going down at the slightest contact. But let's not talk about this like he wasn't getting absolutely drilled. You could see the game plan was very obvious. Kick Neymar anytime he got the ball because they were afraid of what he could do if he got any kind of space in front of him. It's it's a game plan. If you've watched these tournaments, it's one of the game plans. You remember when I accused Honduras of basically being butchers? That was their entire game plan, and it's an entire game plan for many countries. It's an effective one. It's the, I mean, listen, you, you, you're at danger of giving away free kicks and letting them score there. But on the other hand, if you are Serbia or Switzerland and you do have strong defenses and you can, you know, hold teams out on those situations, I think you'd rather 
organize, get back, and defend on a set piece rather than letting Neymar run at your defense. Exactly. You, it's a team like Switzerland that is very confident in their ability to defend a set piece. So for me, it's just like, okay, look, I get it. I don't love that they went in there to kick the guy. I would rather everybody just try to play each other you know, to be the friends. best of their ability. Right? Let's all be friends. Yeah. But that's reality. Neymar is the best player on the field in any time during these games. Of course, you have to try to limit him as best you can. So I just think it's I think it's ridiculous for anybody to think that there's any kind of favoritism there for Neymar. It's it is what it is. That's that's how the sport is. The superstar players kind of need some protection because of things like this where people so now the opposite thing. Why wasn't the referee giving a little more cards? I think he could have been a little more liberal with his usage of the cards because he could have also calmed this down a little bit. All it takes is one or two yellow cards and everything will everything kind of simmers down, down a little yeah. bit because everyone says okay okay let's 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 cool it a little bit let's wait a few minutes let's let the referee calm down let him forget about it a little bit and then come back after him I mean and so here's the big thing with all the everyone who's was kind of you know saying Neymar goes down too easily he's just diving around I they don't really watch I mean they don't, not that they don't watch they don't play soccer they they probably haven't experienced that themselves <laughs> a little um, bit of elitism I like it I mean, listen, like, I can I can see why, like, Neymar does like to get into the theatrics. He does kind of scream and hold his leg. But the fact of the matter is he is getting kicked there, and your ankles and your shins are sensitive areas, and when you get kicked there, it hurts. And the other thing is, if you're not going down and doing that, you're probably not getting the fouls. So, and listen, there, there were other times where Neymar got fouled and he kept going. So it's... Or like that time, people may remember, because it's in a lot of highlights that I've seen where his jersey's getting dragged behind him, and he chooses, he chooses to continue, which, and now, bad officiating by the official, because if I remember correctly, he actually pulls it back for the foul, despite the fact that Neymar clearly chooses to keep going. And he gets into the box, and he, he gets, gets in the box, man, and he immediately calls for the foul, which I thought was a little ridiculous, but again, people take it as a sign of, oh, see, look at the protection he's getting. He's getting his jersey tugged when he's running into the box. It's a and foul. It's, an, it's Not only is it a foul. It's, it's 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 one of the easiest fouls to see. You cannot you're not allowed to grab someone by the jersey. It happens on all the set pieces, and it's one thing when it happens on a set piece. Everyone's kind of bunched in with each other. Everyone just wants to get a little bit of leverage. When it's an open play, it just it just looks absurd. So I can see why the referee called it because again, it looks ridiculous, right? You're grabbing a, you're grabbing a guy by the jersey and he's running away from you. But at the same time, he also blew it dead when Neymar could have easily gone one on one. He's one of the best one on one players in the entire world. Yeah, I think he would have won advantage there. What it comes down to is Brazil's in a very, you know, mentioned similar situation to Argentina, but are they going to be able to get through and play, you know, arguably a weaker Costa Rica side, but also one that's going to sit back and defend the way we've seen teams set up against Argentina? I think if four years ago this matchup had happened, I would have given Costa Rica a better shot at the result. I think now, I think we saw with Serbia exactly the kind of thing. It's just, I don't think it's going to happen for them. I think they're I think they're at the end of their rope here, and I think Brazil will get a goal nowhere near as late as Serbia. I'm thinking early second half they're going to break through and get the goal. And once the goal comes, it all it's all going to kind of crumble a little bit for Costa Rica because I, I just think I think Brazil's due for a bounce back. I don't I don't quite worry about them as much as I did even for today coming in for Argentina. The opposition uh, Croatia is obviously much better than Costa Rica, but still. Brazil, those last 60, 80 minutes of the game were... Eh, unconvincing. They were unconvincing. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Uh, On the other side, I do want to mention, you know, how we said with Peru and Denmark, the, the most kind of vital game. Switzerland-Serbia. Switzerland-Serbia. I think the 
whoever kind of, if someone comes out on top of that, I think that's who we're going to see go through along that's Brazil. A yeah. Maybe getting ahead of myself, assuming Brazil is going to get through, but I, that's the game to keep an eye on. All right. Uh, in that group. Move on to Group F. Oh yes, Group F. You just want to go for a little rant here? I'm not ram- ramble I'm, more than a rant. Mm, we've already gone long enough on a lot <laughs> of other things, but um, Mexico beat Germany one nil, and then Sweden beat South Korea one nil. Uh, we'll You're ta- happy about that? Oh, You're ecstatic. Oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was amazing. One of our one of our uh, roommates got home pretty much as the final whistle blew. And like documented the moments afterwards where I was like, I'm trying to keep it cool because at the end of the day, it really is just one game. It doesn't matter that it was against Germany. It's only worth. It's still only worth three points. Only. It's still only worth three points. Mexico's goal should not be to get three points in the group stage. We are not. You know, Mexico's not uh, Egypt or Iran teams that never win at the World Cup. To where when the win happens, they absolutely should be going crazy. Beating beating Germany is impressive. But that's not the end goal here. The end goal here is to get to the knockout stages and finally get past that round of 16 game that's haunted them for so long. So, in in that sense, I, I you know I try to keep it cool. But at the other time, man, what a performance! <laughs> Am I right? Oh my goodness! Chucky Lozano's goal on the break it it was perfect for all the talk that Juan Carlos Osorio and all the criticism that he got. Yeah, his tactics right. His tactics were not just right; they were they were nearly perfect. I say nearly because I still think I still think far be it for me to criticize the winning manager often, but I still think they could have used Tecatito Corona in that second half. They could have taken that game, and I mean Mexico could have very easily won that game two three nothing. They got a lot of chances on the counter on the other side. Germany did have a couple chances in the box. Julian Brandt did hit the outside of the post. I, when Julian Brandt came in, I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to vindicate that decision, isn't he? Especially because we talked about it. Julian Brandt getting in over... Uh, Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané, there you go. I was about to say Sadio Mane, man. Uh, Same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Mane, Sané, you know, all these things go. When he came in the game, I thought, he's going to vindicate that decision, isn't he? He's going to... F- mm. But no, he didn't. So Very close. It, it all worked out. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. I'll give him that. He looked pretty good when he came in. He he was giving a lot of good crosses. He was at, at that point. To be fair, I have a picture posted on Twitter where the the showing the formations of both Mexico and Mexico and Germany at the end of the game, where Germany was basically playing like a three four a three four three or a three five two, basically with a bunch of attacking players, and then, and then you had Mexico playing like this absurd five four one. Where, where you had like Raul Jimenez who came on, who was a striker who came on as a sub, playing as a left midfielder, and like Rafa Marquez coming in. Rafa Marquez, thirty nine years old, get that guy a goal. Oh my goodness, coming into the game, and I thought this is either going to go really well or really badly. Well, so here's the worry for Mexico. Uh, we have kind of talked about they tend to play up against good teams. Yes, they do. And play down to bad teams. Not under Osorio though. So this is kind of a first under Osorio. The big teams were kind of taking Mexico to the woodshed under Osorio. So, they have South Korea next. Yes. They need a result. Yes, they do. I Especially after that. I don't think a result, though, puts them through here. A win? And I think they well, go through. A win is, I believe a win would put them for sure because I don't... Well, uh, if, if yeah. South Korea becomes a punching bag... Um, no, a win wouldn't put them through unless Sweden beats Germany. If Sweden beats Germany, it would put them through because yeah. we'd have two teams with zero points. But that's that's not going to happen. So but listen, there's another Sweden team that does the defending. They do set pieces. They're big. They're strong. I guess I will say I'll give you this. 
it's not exactly the most united Germany team. We're, we're hearing whispers coming out of the German camp that players have turned on Mesut Ozil. He's been not convincing. And I do think this is a weaker Germany team than last time around. Ugh. They don't really have a defensive mid to link up the defense. We saw how you know susceptible they were to counters. Tony Cruz, you talking about that position, right? Tony Cruz, he was it was weird with him. Kadira. Tony Cruz is one of those guys who's really good on the ball, and I, I, I I'm almost afraid to say it sometimes, but I think he's a little bit overrated Ooh. in what he brings to a team. Luka Modric is the real, you know, heartbeat of that Real Madrid midfield. Yeah, as we saw with Croatia today, with a good performance from Modric, a great goal too. And I, Cruz is important. Don't get me wrong. But he, he is another guy where sometimes you'll wonder, well, what is his position? Is he an attacking mid? Is he a defensive mid? Is he a box-to-box? He's kind of some combination of everything. He's a combination of everything, but I... But I, they don't have a defensive mid. Cruz is not the guy you want playing six. You don't, and that, but that's where they had him. He had him playing next to Kadira, and it didn't work. And Kadira is, and Kadir is important is that he's the, he's the guy who makes runs. He's getting in the box, running the channels, pulling center backs and uh, fullbacks out of position. That's basically his job. Would it be to, crazy for me to... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, keep going. Would it be crazy for me to say that uh, maybe Joshua Kimmich needs to move to back to central defensive mid? No, I, I don't think so. Because with Germany in 2014, we did see Lom kind of playing as a defensive mid. We did kind of see you know, Schweinsteiger uh, dropping deeper and being that option. Um, I, I would think it maybe a better plan would be Kimmich. Instead of playing as a wide, almost like a wing back kind of tucking in a little bit and playing almost next to Kroos in the midfield when they have the ball. Because they, they need someone else in there to hold back because it's not going to be Ozil. Ozil, I think, was terrible on Lozano's goal. He kind of just let him go right around him. Um, so so that's the big problem they have here. They, they don't have a close Timo Werner's fine, but he's not a proven striker. Um, I do. I still do expect Germany is a favorite to go through even at this point. I would think so as well. Mexico is their fa- the toughest game. Yeah, and Mexico played it like, you know, like everything was on the line for them because, and look, here's the thing. Mexico now have, for the first time in a while, it feels like the inside track on a group like this where they have a Germany and they had a Brazil last time in their group. That's big because that's the difference between taking on the first place of E and the second place of E. We still expect Germany to be number one, right? But say Mexico does finish first in Group F, Brazil could finish second. If Brazil, if Brazil finished second and Mexico finished first, I'm going to cry. That is so. That That's is such. Reasonable. That is bad. That is such a bad luck thing to happen. But it's it's something that could happen. You're not wrong about that. So, yeah. I think moving forward, uh, the game that I'm looking most at, uh, this upcoming Germany Sweden game is going to be absolutely huge. Um, because if Sweden pulls anything out of that, um, Germany could be basically be out at that point. If if Sweden pulls a draw out. Goes to four points. If Mexico pulls a draw against South Korea, I mean, Germany would be do or die against South Korea, and it's still possible to go through. So I was gonna say, yeah. To be fair, Germany getting South Korea last is nice for them. And if that, if your scenario were to come up, you'd be talking about Sweden and Mexico, kind of dodgy coming into it, thinking. Then well, that's kind of the last do or die game. So that, that'd be a if, do or die game for both teams. Although they could both agree to say, yeah, why, why, why cut each other's throats here? Let's just let's just keep Germany out. I I mean yeah it's it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing that happened so but for Germany this game against Sweden is so important it is and I'm it's do or die it really to see is. how they play because they lose their out it is the first time I can remember in a while that the German team will face real adversity 
they got a lot of passes coming in, you know, getting eliminated in the European Championships at semifinals, right? Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. You know, you can't win every tournament. You can't. You certainly can't expect to be winning every tournament. But and through qualifying, no real, no real hiccups. And then you know, in friendlies, people were starting to talk about how is this team really going to work? Is it going to be good? Everyone gave them pass because they said, "Oh, it's Germany. They're the world champions. Let's not worry about them." This is real adversity for the first time in a while. I I just think that they're they're a strong team. They'll keep possession. They'll get opportunities. I don't know if they really have the pieces to finish those opportunities. And I do think that this is a significantly weaker Germany team than we've seen. Uh, in their World Cup winning year. I mean, that is a World Cup winner in Germany, so it's it's pretty easy to say. Um, but, th- you know, they're in trouble, just like just like Brazil, just like Argentina is. Wild di- start so far. Dire straits. Brazil That's... and Germany less so, I think, currently, given that Argentina has lost now. Dire straits. And Spain could have been right there with them had they not, had, had Iran actually found that equalizer. Iran gets an equalizer, and Spain is in trouble. Right. Well, we've been at this for over an hour, and we still have two groups to go. So, hooray for World I blame Cup. It on, I blame it on the decision. Uh, the decision was, um, how should I put this? Perhaps a little too much filler. Perhaps. I, I would call it misguided. I think the fans I think the fans love it, though. The fans, the fans will be tweeting. They love this. They'll be tweeting hashtag American Soccer Show decision. Group G. Belgium beat Panama 3-0. England beat Tunisia 2-1. How about Harry Kane? That brace when I called them out for not scoring enough for the national team. Don't you think he should be taking those corners instead of scoring them? I tell you what, <laughs> Kerry Kane taking corners has got to be the top five things that I legitimately looked at the TV screen. Nobody else in the room is saying, wait, what? I think a lot of people are with you on that. I mean, it's not like I'm not, that's not even like a, oh, you watch soccer so you would know, or like legitimately, if you. If, if you have a 6 2 striker who's your goal scorer, put him in the box. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Harry Kane taking corners, man. That's awesome. I, th- I think this is going to be our quickest group. Yeah. It's, Belgium and England doing exactly what they were supposed to do. Right. It's one of the few groups that seems to have gone about chalk, honestly. And that almost didn't happen, though. Tunisia, I tell you, for as abject as they looked at the beginning of that game, they were phenomenal once England scored that goal. And then they got their equalizer on, I don't know, you remember the, 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 the elbow. The Walker penalty, yeah. It was, I mean, listen, he, he does, he fouls them. I think it's outside the box. It's a foul. It's inside the box. It's NFL too. He wasn't looking. I don't think he did it on purpose. But I mean, he did. He elbowed him across the across the head. So I can see why he was called, and I'm okay with the decision. At first, when I saw it, I thought, "Oh, he doesn't know that he's there. It's kind of an accident." Yeah. But he still hits him in the head. And then I started thinking about it more, and I realized, no, he knows exactly where he is. He's trying to keep him from going near the ball. But because he swings his arm so high up, he hits him in the head. If he hits him in the chest, there's no call. And I think that's what he... I don't think he meant to hit him in the head. He did try to hold him off. He's he's definitely trying to hold him off. So I think he knows that he's there. He just messes up. So in that sense, and look, it's a guy making a move to center back in a back three. Fullbacks, obviously, they have to do that. They have to do that quite frequently on a cross, but nowhere near as often as a center back. He did get a little... Has a little experience with under Pep. Obviously, playing under Pep and anyone else is a huge difference. So it's it is a bit of an adjustment. Uh, I mean, now England has Panama. That should be another win. Panama. I think they, this... they, they defended bravely, but it's it's not going to happen for them. I mean, listen, you never know because Belgium it did take a Dries Mertens, you know, Stunner fantastic volley up. to allow Panama to open up and kind of get out. Um, I I see England struggling at times like they did against Tunisia, but it eventually. I mean, listen, even if they pull out a draw, 
they're 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 pretty much they're probably going to go through. It's not guaranteed because then if Panama beats Tunisia, like you know, things could happen. Things get weird, but yeah, no. I, I think it's going to be. Bel- I see England getting three points in that. They seem to be a different England side than the past. Belgium first, England second for me. I will say, I will say this: two things. Number one, I was not impressed with Raheem Sterling. I think it might be time to try another striker partnership in that three-five-two. More importantly, wouldn't it be the most English thing ever? To have that, you know, just barely eke out that win against Tunisia and then only to lose to Panama and then get absolutely housed by Belgium to be eliminated. After they think everything is going perfectly, this is England team's finally meshing, it would be. It would be. And to Gareth Southgate, our, you know, condolences to him and his uh, his arm that he apparently injured. Dislocated shoulder. Yeah, his shoulder. I think he's taking the injuries, a little bit of voodoo or something, making sure his team doesn't get injured. I was just going to say, one did he team. maybe make a deal with the devil, say, okay, break my shoulder and... Or dislocate my shoulder and but then leave spare, Harry alone. Spare Harry. Harry Maguire, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, of course. Harry Maguire. Absolute key back there. I just want to mention one thing about that game. One thing? Okay. You got it. Uh, Harry Maguire won every single header against Tunisia. <laughs> oh, wow. Every That's single one. That. Listen, I maybe he didn't win every one, but it felt like he, oh, went, okay. he won. I that was every, oh, no, no, I'm with you, though. I, now that you bring beast. it up, yes, he was, he, he he was, was good in the He was involved air. with both goals, and I mean... I I think he's going to continue out there over Cahill. He, he was immense. That's yeah. I, I think that's absolutely. He's earned it for sure. He's absolutely earned it. Group H. We are at the end. Finally, this one was fun. Japan two, Colombia one, Senegal two, Poland one. We have Japan versus Senegal and Colombia versus Poland as the matches coming up in match day two for this group. Uh, Japan became the first Asian country, and I didn't know this, to defeat a South American team at the World Cup. That's big for them. That is actually big. I didn't I didn't realize that. You'd think in the Nearly hundred year history of this tournament, they'd get one. But Asia is pretty weak when it comes. Asia's to Asia is pretty weak, but come on, can't just get one. One in all these years—that's that's crazy. And not so. to mention the fact that Japan is in Copa America. You know, every once in a while, it's not that uncommon that they're uh, in there. So, <sighs> oh, sorry. Oh yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe it's because Mexico also competes pretty. Well, Mexico's yeah. usually in it, but that Mexico will not be in the next one, for example, which is absurd. It's fine. Um, Thanks, Concacaf and yeah. Conmebol. Thanks, everybody. To, uh, to bring it back to Group H, I think this went. This is about the, the opposite standings. What I would expect is Japan, Senegal, Poland, Colombia. I expected it to go Colombia, Poland, Senegal, Japan. <laughs> so I had it shows flipped. how much we know. But also shows what you know. Shows why you got to play the games. That's number one. You got to play the games. It's not. It's the games aren't played on paper. Exactly. Um, That's what I said at the end of the Group H preview, and I stand by it. You got to play the games. I don't think Japan beats Colombia if it wasn't for that red card and penalty. What a terrible mistake! You got to be kidding me. Three minutes into the game, and you want to stick your arm out to? I know you need to save the goal. You think in your head, but it's three minutes in the game. You got to let it go. I think it's reactionary. You, I don't. You think need. He's, he's not thinking about it. His arm is just out. You need eleven men on the field. 87 minutes in the game. 87 minutes to go in the game. You just you got to have bodies out there. Take Forget the, the goal. You take the you're goal. You're going to score. You're Colombia. Exactly. You're going to score. You got to take the goal. You can't put your team in that position. But it happened. Not J- great. Japan weren't entirely convincing for me, but it is a massive result against probably the group favorites. Uh, Colombia, I still have faith in. They didn't really have James starting. So uh, they'll, they should have that moving forward. Poland for me was really disappointing. Senegal extremely uh, fun to watch really love Senegal really entertaining really happy about that but I was I kind of expected more to Poland I see them crashing out I, 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 I do I see them not making it um, I, I'm i going to go out and say Colombia Senegal for me are going to go through despite that first loss Ooh, I don't know well 
Here's the thing. I was pretty high on Senegal coming in. I myself was a very big fan. Of, you had them going through over Poland. Yes. I just, I didn't believe in Poland. I know it was one thing to talk about them being overrated. And, you know, I kind of said, okay, yeah, we're being a little harsh. But the reality is if Lewandowski's not, you know, doing some crazy stuff, they're not doing a whole lot. They looked pretty dreadful in that game against Senegal up until Senegal kind of took their foot off the gas. And say what you will about, oh, the, def- the, the guy shouldn't have been allowed back on the field and he kind of scores on like a, like a hockey play where the guy basically yeah. comes out of the box. There was an own goal. It's other Senegal's goal. But seriously, Senegal looked phenomenal. Going they forward. were better. And here's the other they'd, thing. Looked like they had goals Sen- it's for me, Sadio Mane is, was their, you know, their key. He did not have a great game. And yet... They looked fantastic without him. So, to me, that tells me that they actually have another gear that they can kick into. They're not all Sadio Mane. Mbai Nyang was great. He was the hockey goal scorer. <laughs> um, they, they do have, the I think, um, the benefit of having other positions that, you know, get overlooked. Mame Biram Doof up top, uh, you know, veteran of the Premier League. You know you're going to get a good shift out of him making runs. Uh, on the right side, Saar, kind of an unknown, was pretty dangerous. And uh, the midfield, Idrissa Ganagay, another you know Premier League player. He's used to that. He's good there. Uh, but the bigger thing for me was that defense did not look like they were getting broken down. Nope. Kaladu Koulibaly and Sané in the center back were absolutely incredible. They were, and you know, and, and Chesney too on that run, where <laughs> Chesney of all the keepers, a shocker. One last shocker before we close this thing out here. I don't know. Uh, I'm sticking. Like, why am I? I guess I'm not sticking to it, right? Because I don't. I don't know if Colombia's going to be able to get out of this one. That Colombia Poland game is going to be big now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a, 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 both teams got to have it. Both teams are going to go for a win. Someone's winning this game. We mention every once in a while. We don't think it's going to be a draw. There's someone who's going to come out and win that game. There you go. Uh, Japan too. Senegal. Senegal could keep uh, one of those two teams in it if they can beat Japan. But Japan has a chance to also put themselves in the knockout stages. Yeah, they can do it here. They're a team that's kind of, in some regards, underperformed, I guess, given that they do have some talent. They're well-organized. For me, the big thing is they're not exactly fast. They're not exactly big. I'm really surprised they were able to score on Colombia on a set piece. I think that set piece a set piece is going to go against them soon. They scored on two uh, against um, Colombia. And I, I, you know, they did have the free kick that went under the wall, but I think there's going to make a corner kick or a ball served in the box. It's going to go against them. Who's going to mark Koulibaly or Sané? Those guys are huge. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is where we stand after one match day in most groups and two match days in a couple others. We have gotten to the point now. World Cup is in full swing. And... I think that's about it. Yeah, we're about halfway through the group stage at this point. These games come fast and furious, and just wait till Monday when they start having four games a day, two simultaneously. Yeah, and that'll that's that's going to be good fun because at that point we're going to look at and see we have a better idea. I think for the teams that have the groups that have played two games, I think we have a good idea where they're going to be. Uh, they're still a little bit up in the air. The teams that have won, but we'll see a lot more teams who are out of this tournament come Monday. Uh, so anyway. Thanks for tuning in. That's all the time we have today on the American. <laughs> Is that all the time we have? Uh, a we, minute, an hour. <laughs> we're at we're out of time. Our producers telling us of the the next segment <laughs> stepping up. Uh, we're out of time at the American Soccer Show World Cup Edition. Yay! Group recap. Um, Go Mexico. Yeah. Well, nah. But there's a whole uh, other thing about that. But uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and check out our previous episodes, including our group previews. If you want to go back and uh, make fun of us, make fun of and see w- which of us, you know, had the best uh, predictions going forward uh, 
uh, in hindsight. Uh, anyway, we'll be back for some more group recaps later. This is Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantar signing off.